Hello beautiful souls and welcome to the depths of motherhood. I am your host Danielle. I think I'm a little bit out of breath. I've just been chasing my little girl around who is 18 months old now. So if you've been following this journey, <laughs> then you'll know she was seven months old when I started this with Angelica, who used to be the co-host. And now she's 18 months old. It is so crazy. And we have been having quite the journey as we started off this family unit in Costa Rica. And we've been traveling around Costa Rica for the last, well, 18 months. And it's amazing. It's been amazing to do this podcast to really get in deep with some incredible experts who are supporting this undisturbed birth movement. I just think this is incredible, this resource that we have created for for you all. And yeah, if you know anyone who is pregnant or you are pregnant again, I just wanted to get some deeper knowledge about peeling back the layers of the stories and the myths that have been told to us from the medical system. And we start at conception and go all the way through. Well, we're going, we're going through, <laughs> we're working our way through. So thank you so much for being with us. Now, this week has been intense. I've been wanting to record this since Monday and it's now Saturday. I have been on my period and seriously just going inwards and everything has been taking me that way to the point where I just want to lay in my bed and bleed and go into that cave. But I have an 18-month-old wanting me 24-7 and wanting to go on adventures. So sometimes it is, yeah, creating that positive relation with that in some way, even if it is difficult. And when I say positive, I just mean how can I show up for everything that arises, even if I'm feeling a little bit shitty. (laughs) How can I look at this situation and make it something that serves, serves us all as a family? And even right now, as I'm talking to you, I can smell something strange because Araya has just been in the mud and it's definitely on me. It smells super interesting. (laughs) All right. So this week, we welcome the wonderful Brienne onto the show, who is a mother, a traditional birth keeper and ceremony facilitator. She has been on her own healing journey to becoming a mother, and that really led her to working with women during the sacred times of birth and postpartum and she was diving deep and unpacking and she was just going into the space of uncovering who she truly was and what came about from that was how powerful women are and how they deserve to fully embody their magic. So I found Brienne from looking up closing of the bone ceremony and I found her beautiful Instagram page and everything that she was offering in in the world. And I just knew that I had to connect with her. And I also watched a short video that she made on the Matriarch Rising Festival, which was online. And it was so beautiful. And I've been playing around with this idea for a long time of what is ceremony and ritual? What does it mean to me? And I did a post recently about creating our own ceremony and our own rituals that serve us and our community because so much has been passed on that actually is to serve that community or that individual person. And by doing taking that on and doing it ourselves, it might not quite fit. So the thing that I love about following, it's my baby, following Brienne and following Rochelle from Innate Traditions, who shares so much about this, is that it really comes from us diving inwards and seeing what will serve me and my family in this moment. Like, what is it that I need? What is my body calling for? What will help me feel at home and allow me to go deep? to open up, to be fully vulnerable, to go to them places that need to be seen. In this conversation, Brienne shares all about closing of the bones and where it's come from, because many people think that it's a Mexican tradition, but she shares really the history around that. And this helped me so much to be able to create my own ceremony and work 
with a mother recently to create her own ceremony. There's nothing set in a box. There's nothing tying us to a certain way. And just like I was saying before, that's really where the deeper healing gets into tune into our intuition, to tune into ourselves, to see what we need in, in each moment. And to to remember that the most important thing is holding that safe container for the mother to be able to go there. And I wrote a blog post recently about this because I had some fears come up around holding the ceremony for my friend. I was in the shower, just like tuning into her. And I realized that, wow, do I feel that I have the skills to do this? Like I'm not qualified (laughs) to do this. Like who invented qualifications anyway? But these were the thoughts that were going through my head. And then I realized, you know, what is the deeper intention in this? My intention is to hold space with my friend to create, co-create the ceremony and listen to her body. And it was the most beautiful experience that I have ever had. I truly felt honored to be there to do that for her. And, you know, it didn't look like... um, the ceremony that we envisioned because we had the babies around and we had a bit of Daniel Tiger in the background to you know keep Araya occupied (laughs) but she wanted to be with us she wanted to sit with mummy and she wanted to sit with my friend as she went through this transition and it was really beautiful and at one point Araya put a little foot in my friend's hand and I saw my friend smile and it just it felt truly perfect and this is also getting the feedback from my friend as well. She was like, I would not want it any other way. So I loved it. So what else do we talk about? We talk about how this supports the healing of the mother who is nurturing this baby. Or maybe there was a pregnancy loss and there was a closing the bone ceremony to reconnect to the spirit of the baby and to close everything if the mother has been wide open and allow her energy to come back to herself and she talks about how we can do this at any part of our postpartum phase and just bring in this ceremony and ritual into our lives how powerful and expansive it can be to get to know ourselves on the other side of this rite of passage And we also talk about the transformation that our relationships around us go through as we go from, um, as we go into motherhood, even if it's our second or our third, this transition affects our whole family and community. And we also talk about the support for fathers. And I was encouraging Brianne to tell her husband to start up a (laughs) men's group of some kind so that they can all talk about this and support each other. So we'll see what comes out of that. I truly feel so nourished and empowered when I am held by women. And for 10 years or so, I've been... I think that was a monkey. (laughs) For 10 years or so, I have been holding space for women to come in circle and this first started when I was um, on a Yoni Shakti course with Uma and wow this is coming from a background of being in the military surrounded by men all the time and coming back to my womb I was like wow what is this and then I started sharing and my first uh, women's circle was in India and I was encouraged by a friend that I just met. She was like, we need to do this. My first circle, we had like 70 women of all ages come together. And it was, wow, I'm getting goosebumps right now. Like how grateful am I to have that experience? And obviously like this was just the first thing for me. I had so much to learn on this journey. And I'm still learning now. So yeah, it really drew me to continue in these circles and I hold them now in Costa Rica and now to take this online so with encouragement from Elon my partner he's like you need to take this online to the people that can't come to the in-person circles and I've been like going back and forth you know you've probably seen me doing these free events and I'm like yeah I need to create this safe container so now we are doing this We are creating this safe space and it will be on a platform called Discord 
And if this is all new to you, I can totally like help you around this space if you would like to join us. And it's really just a place to explore all the juicy topics that come with being a woman, being born in a female body. And so I'm not talking about the gender that we identify with or that's put on us. I'm talking about being a woman, being in a female body, being a woman. And I know that we have ideas around what a woman is, but I'm not talking about the roles. I'm not talking about gender. I'm talking about sex. And this is just a place where women can show up, be curious, um, consciously explore different topics and different practices and liberate themselves. And just being seen and being witnessed is so, so powerful and coming back to remember ourselves to come back to the wisdom of our body. So this is going to be a space where each week we will meet. Now it might be a drum circle, it might be an embodiment practice, it might be um, tools for body literacy, getting to know what's happening on the inside. It might be um, learning about herbs and nutrition or discussions for rewilding ourselves, for really seeing what's underneath these uh, ideas and myths that have been put on us in society. And we'll also do um, regression work and going on the ancestral line as well. And one of the most important things that I've got in here is on some weeks we'll be doing radical rest. So sometimes this is uncomfortable just just being there, but we will do things that really deeply um, allows ourselves to rest on all levels because it's so important and it's something that doesn't really come that natural for most of us, but we need it so much. So we're going to be starting this on the full moon, the first full moon in October and all the gatherings will be recorded and kept in the living library. You'll also have access to a wise and wild woman community so you can ask questions and share whatever feels called for you and we'll be creating this together. The groups will be interactive and you'll get to share or you just get to sit in there and just be witnessed or just witness others. And I'm really, really excited to start this because, yeah, it's what I have been craving for too. And I would like to offer you all, if you're listening right now, I want to offer you a Depths of Motherhood discount. Raya's going for it outside. So if you're hearing this, click in the link and you are going to get a monthly membership for $18, not the $49 that's going to be put out on all my promotions. All right, so I'm going to head out now and see to Araya. But before we do, let us just take a few breaths together. You can hear little footsteps. So let us take three deep breaths together. all right that's all i've got time for get it into your body but stay connected reach out on instagram i really want to connect to you and see your lives as well it's just such a beautiful journey so that being said let us get on with the show biggest thanks to brianne for being here Welcome everybody to the Depths of Motherhood podcast. I'm your host, Danielle. This week, we welcome Brian onto the show. Welcome, Brian. Hi, so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for taking your time to sit with us. I would love to get started and give you the space to introduce yourself to the listeners, the work you do, what inspired you to do the work that you do. Well, first and foremost, I am a mother. Um, my son, River, he's almost three now. In a, in a couple more months, he'll be three. Um, and I'm also a birth keeper and ceremony facilitator. Um, so I really love to tend to mothers during their um, postpartum time uh, in that uh, sacred rite of passage ceremony. That's like my real heart's work is tending to mothers during that that rite of passage. Um, and yeah, I got into this work kind of through my own uh, pregnancy and birthing experience and uh, I've been drawn to wanting to work with women. Um, I was doing women's circles a lot and then, um, yeah, it just kind of unfolded this mm -hmm. way. And this is 
this is where I'm at now. Yeah. Mm. So how was your postpartum experience? Um, yeah, it was, it was interesting. Um, cause I was just beginning to study birth and postpartum work as I was in my own postpartum. Mm-hmm. And so I had like, I'd read, um, Kimberly Ann Johnson's the fourth trimester. So I had yes. some like awareness, <laughs> but where the, like, I guess issue happened was, you know, no one else around me knew of it yet. And like, there wasn't an education of like, you know, my partner knowing that, you know, he needed to do all these things. And then my friends around and my family, you know, it was, so mm. I was trying, it was like almost too late, like, cause it wasn't really prepared before my postpartum time. It was like in it. And I was like, wait, all these things need to be happening, but they're not happening. Yeah. And I realized, yeah, that, oh, okay. That, that, um, education prenatally for what postpartum care really needs is, is important to happen before you're in your postpartum. Cause once you're in it, you're just like in it, you know? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So I did. I mean, my husband was he, luckily his, the, the work he does, he was able to be home for a really long time. And so we did have like at least a nice strong family unit. And, um, but yeah, I was, he, my son was born November, 2019. And then, you know, the whole pandemic happened in Mar- that March. Mm-hmm. So I, right at my like three month mark where I'm like, okay, I'm ready to go out into the world. Everything else shut down. And so like I had, or like, um, you know, like these mother, mother groups to meet other mothers in my community. And then all of that was closing. So it was also, yeah, in, uh-huh. in, a, on top of having postpartum be isolating in general, just of how our society is, but then like put on all that pandemic, crazy stuff going on in the world, then, you know, it's double isolation because everything shut down. Yeah. So you're, so yeah, that was interesting to navigate during my postpartum time, um, and I actually also signed up for um, Rochelle Garcia Saliga's Innate Traditions during that time, mm-hmm. her uh, postpartum training. And she's such an inspiration for me in the work I do. And I'm so grateful for her teachings. And so I was taking her course during that time. And what I was have this, I was having this feeling and I didn't, I couldn't quite name what I was feeling. And then it was during one of her talks of her class and what triggered in my mind was oh the feeling I am experiencing is loneliness you know Mm -hmm. and it's like I couldn't name it until I started learning about you know what real postpartum is required you know having that community that village around you and like you know the other women Mm -hmm. um and you know in our DNA like without that like women surrounding us and supporting us during this you know, transformational time, there's like a feeling of something missing, like in our DNA, like, it's almost like I couldn't quite name it. Um, But it was this feeling and I'm like, oh my God, it's just deep loneliness of like missing my women around me. Mm. Um, So that, yeah, it was really um, a big like aha moment during that time. Mm. Um, And that, uh, yeah catalyst to kind of being like okay yeah things women need to know like yeah like to be talked about the importance of postpartum the postpartum time and it's not like Mm. you know turn around and it's much more in depth it's much more sacred it's you know it is a rite of passage and um so so important to yes and then in addition to like that my birth experience um uh, I was I was going for a home birth and transferred to the hospital and um, and I experienced you know really uh, not good care like I mm-hmm. there was like a of humanity like there when my my final push uh, with my son I'm like pushing with all my might and the you nurse beside me is talking about how busy her day is to the doctor. Oh my gosh. And I'm just like, hello. And I'm, I don't have the energy and I shouldn't have to have to even have this thought, you know, to tell her to, you know, shut the F up. Yeah. Um, Just, I was just so shocked by how, like, they don't even realize that I'm like birthing my baby right now into the world. This should be the most sacred Mm -hmm. ceremonial Mm -hmm. 
talking about how busy their day is. And it was just, you know, made me so furious that like, this is not how our baby should be born into the world. This is not how mothers should be like cared for that. They're just, it's almost like there was no recognition that I was bringing a child into this world. And thinking so that, that that's okay. That's the message yeah, that just, get passed on that this is okay. Yeah. It was just like, they, they, they didn't realize it was just like, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, she's bringing a baby into the world. No big deal. And it's like, no, this is a sacred moment. No one should be else should be talking. This should be mm. just mama and baby. And it should be, uh, it is a ceremony and it should be sacred. And so that was also a big aha moment for me and my mothering journey where like, yeah, we need to bring back this like sacredness and this honoring into, you know, our births and our postpartums because it is such a powerful, you know, thing you're bringing up the world and how how um you know how much would that imprint if the baby came into this world and all they heard was their you know was their mother's voice first and and it was quiet and calm and filled surrounded by love you know rather than like hectic you know yeah fast all this you know they were shaking him right away and all it just mm. felt very jarring and startling and it's of course that's going to have an imprint on their you know their personality and their being because it's their first yes. entry into the world and so I my hope is that you know if that that first moment it is like this little sacred cocoon that a baby comes into like if every baby was born that way mm. and that was the norm what impact would that have on the rest of our world you know mm. if if born into like yeah, just peace and calm and love, like instead of this other way that it's happening right now, you know, oh. for most of people in our society, you know? Yeah. yeah. Thank you for sharing all that. And you resonate with so much of it. The loneliness side, I sat with loneliness when I was pregnant and I was, I was um, pregnant during COVID and I, I was like, what is this feeling? And it was that like you say that aha moment it's like oh it's loneliness like a deep loneliness and actually we sat with the feeling of loneliness in uh, a circle that I hold this weekend at uh, the last weekend is gone and it's one of these interesting sensations in the body because it, we link it so much to not being enough or being banished from our tribe or community and it's we've been put into this world right now well at that time when we couldn't interact we couldn't be supported we couldn't be nourished and even though logically we can see what's happening or maybe not logically most of the time but we can see what's happening but deep inside of us in our cells in our bones there's a confusion why am I not around people that love me and that are here to nourish me and that stays and, and that's a really really tough one and I I'm really grateful that you brought that up because if anyone listening is feeling this sensation that they can't put their finger on, go deeper into it and mm -hmm. see what's there. Because a lot of the times with mothers that I'm talking to, there's loneliness right at the core of it. And there's this missing of a tribe, people that are there to support mm -hmm. and nourish them. And I had a similar situation going to the hospital uh, last minute. I was preparing for a home birth and I went to the hospital last minute. And so like I had this also going into motherhood and feeling like something had been taken away from me. And so mm -hmm. I'm curious to if you've done any practices that's helped you to uh, reclaim them moments. Mm, I haven't. Um, that's so beautiful to think of. I haven't done anything with him specifically. Um, a big part of like processing and integrating that was um journaling is a huge um like a huge tool that has been helped me through yeah my birth experience mm -hmm. and any that um and I it helps me get it out of my head and out of my body like writing it like yes. you know just handwriting it's like you know it's not big physical action but it's still you're you're getting it out of your you know spinning out in your head and writing it down um and so yes. that that practice, I mean, I do it even, even just in mo the mothering experience in general, you know, much comes like when, as long as I have a practice of journaling, you know, I'm getting the thoughts out instead of just letting them spin in my mind. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> a really helpful tool. 
Um, and yeah, that's a great point to, to try to find of some a practice or something that would, would be to integrate and like have him process. I mean, I've talked about our birth experience with him. Um, and yeah, yeah. And I'm curious to see um, like when we do invite in another child, mm. ideally we'd would want to do it at home and have him be there and hopefully everything goes smoothly and he can experience that moment that that mm. I was talking about. Yes. That would through seeing that. Yeah. Mm. Um you know what I yeah, did? What- I did um I had a bath at my place. So I imagine that I gave birth again and just stayed in the bath mm. and just like stayed with the water. And that was, uh, that was really beautiful. And for the first time, actually, she fell asleep just without her mouth being on my breast. And she was maybe like six months old when this happened, but usually she will never just fall asleep. Just like with me rocking her, she has to be feeding. So it was such a beautiful moment. And I had my playlist on, you know, that I had ready for giving birth at home, but that was something that was really, really nice. I can really envision that, (laughs) that moment. Yeah. <laughs> and also when they're asleep, it was so nice too. <laughs> and yeah. I love your, your social media because that's almost like your journal, right? When I look at your posts, yeah. it's so beautiful. The way that you write and the way that you share, I really feel it. There's so much depth to it. And I'm really mm-hmm. grateful to be able to go online and find, you know, just this feels so nourishing. It feels like there's a community online. Yeah. And, and I suppose that's a whole of the conversation with the community being online if you don't have it in person. But what I really would love to get into right now is talking about closing of the bone ceremony, because when I saw your posts about this, I was just, wow, my heart opened. I have yet Mm. to have this ceremony because right now I'm in a place where I'm in Costa Rica. I I have a nice community, but nobody who's practicing this, no one who um, I would trust to give my body to um I've known friends do it and they've come out not having the best experience so I would love for you to explain to the listeners what uh closing of the bone ceremony is and also going into how can you find someone that you feel that connection to because that's really important it's just in such a vulnerable position in the moments yeah, so the closing of the bones, um, I learned the ceremony from my teacher, Rochelle Garcia Saliga of Innate Traditions. Um, and um, yeah, and I'm, I've been drawn to this ceremony. I just, I mean, I love ceremony in general. Um, you know, anytime there's, and ceremony doesn't have to be this big elaborate thing. It can be, you know, a small moment, you know, um, sitting with ceremony can be as sipping your tea in the morning it's just bringing intention you know opening and closing a space with intention mm. is ceremony and um and bringing that ceremony into our postpartum time um during one of the major rite of passages of a woman's life becoming a mother um bringing that honor and reverence to her during during that time with a closing of the bones ceremony is so powerful um and, and what the closing of the bones is, um, it's a, you know, traditionally, uh, it's most known um, as a Mexican tradition. And Rochelle actually has a blog article all about the origins of this uh, ceremony. And it's actually a cross-cultural rite of passage ceremony. Um, you can mm-hmm. find it in Mexico, um, but also, you know, it, the rebozo that you use in Mexico, it didn't necessarily originate in Mexico. They act, Mexicans got it from the Spaniards and the Spaniards got it from, I think the Arabs through colonization. Mm. Um, and yeah. And, um, and the, you can find a similar ceremony in Morocco. They, they call it the translation means like the pulling and in Russia, they use um, a Rushnik and um, it, they call it like the seven locks. Um, so it's, it's pretty cool. It's the, the wow. ceremony is around the world so it's not necessarily just a mexican tradition you know where a lot of people might think um you know that's the only culture that it comes from but it actually is around the world can you can find a similar type of ceremony uh in these traditional cultures um so i love that it it's kind of yeah a global yeah i didn't know that that's really good information Um, so yeah, if it is in that blog article that Rochelle writes about where she really breaks it down and I love it. Just Great, to I'll see. put that in the show notes. That sounds yeah, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
And so, so yeah, traditionally you'll use a piece of fabric like a rebozo. Um, and what the fabric does, because think of like after birth, um, you know, mother is cracked wide open, you know, spiritually, yes. emotionally, oh, vulnerable yeah. and open as well as physically, you know, all our bones and have been open for birth. And so this ceremony using the fabric will help facilitate, you know, the physic physically closing the bones and bringing, you know, the body, helping the body, you know, close back mm. in from the birthing position. Um, but also energetically and spiritually, you're, you're helping close up that wide open portal, you know, yes. bringing that energy back into mother's body, um, you know, calling a little bit of herself back into her, you know, cause you're just mm. think of it, those like first six weeks of the newborn phase where you're just like in it, you know, you're like yeah. diaper yeah. chain, you know, <laughs> sleep, all that. Um, so it's just pouring so much of yourself into this new baby. Um, so this doing this ceremony is a moment where, you know, mother can call back into her own body a little bit, bring some, mm. you know, nourishment and, um, you know, reverence back into her and, mm. and kind of witnessing herself and be like, whoa, you know, I just mm. did that. I just birthed this baby. I just birthed myself into a new woman. You know, it's, wow. it's bringing that honor and witnessing into what she just went through and what she's going through. Mm. And there's no like, specific right time when it should be done you know I've, I've done it for women at that six week mark you know right after that like lying in period yes. um yeah to kind of like what I just mentioned recognize what she just went through the birth portal and also just feeling into this new like she's still in that cocoon phase you know still oh, yes. not yet a mother you know it's still like blossoming so this ceremony mm. really helps integrate that birth experience and integrate what's going on you know right there right now um but you can also do it at like one year after your birth and that's a different type of medicine you know like you know after a, when you're a child's one you know there's you've kind of got it down now and you're actually do want to call more energy back into your body and so yes. uh, you know it could be really great at that time um or you could do it i mean that, 20 years after having birth mm. like it's still so potent it's just different different um you know different medicine for each experience but each time would be so powerful mm. um and in in the mexican tradition they do it multiple times during that early postpartum time to just help facilitate that closing up um but yeah so you can do it multiple times or you can do it once it's still just as powerful and i'm um, just looking at photos now on your mm -hmm. social media and it gives me chills because it's so beautiful mm -hmm. and you said to see ourselves and that is just such a powerful thing to to consider to be able to see ourselves to take a moment because all that energy is outwards so much of the time especially yeah. in that first year and just being able to be there and to see what arises as well like I, I'm curious to what feedback you get from mothers. I'm sure there's such an array of experiences. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, a lot of times when I do like a, a postpartum ceremony that includes the closing of the bones, like I'll first, if I don't know the mother, like if I haven't been tending to her, you know, early on postpartum, if it's the first time I'm meeting her, you know, I'll ask her about her birth experience. You know, I'll, she, she might have some stuff that she needs to share and integrate. Mm. And so they'll, sharing before we even do the actual closing of the bones um, and then sometimes I'll after she shares I'll give her a full body massage and then we do it you know it's a it I like to really have the mother like feel so tended to and like nourished and that that this can be a space where she's cared for because she's been you know outpouring all her energy to baby and so mm. this is a time and feel tended to because that's what we need you know right. we need to be tended because we are also newborns, you know, as a mother. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we need the same tending that baby needs. And so that's what I really go in with the, when I do offer this ceremony to women, um, that they feel that, like, that they're being held mm. because they've been all the holding. And, and we need that, you know, as mothers, we need to be yes. held and to, um, because we need to have our cup filled in order to be, you know, 
present and available for our babies. I hope that you're enjoying this week's episode. I'd like to take a moment to share a little bit about this week's sponsor, Evolving Humans. Evolving Humans teaches the most effective energy healing technique which we can use to restore balance throughout our whole body. Personally, I have found this practice to be extremely simple and deeply transformative. When I mastered this technique, I was able to regain power over my life. I finally stopped running and distracting myself from my emotions. This technique teaches you to feel the energy in your body and be with it so it can be seen and loved and without any force or suppression. And from that space, it finds its own path which clears you of any unnecessary tension. Have you ever suffered with a chronic disease, injury, mental turbulence, heartache, depression, anxiety? I could go on and on. The question is, what do all of these expressions have in common? They create a sensation in your body which creates a discomfort or a pain. What do you usually do when you feel something like this? We are taught to do whatever it takes to remove the pain. Wouldn't you like to heal yourself without relying on an external source? Like I mentioned before, it's so simple. It takes no mental power to do this. You literally just have to feel. Evolving Humans are offering a 10% discount on their course, which will share everything you need to know. Visit evolvinghumans.com and use the code motherhood22. And I'm going to put all the links in the show notes. Thank you for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. So many expectations from society that we just, we don't, almost like we don't deserve this time. Like this is just a given. You give birth, you take care of your child. And what about that? What about that time for the mother? It's not, it's not really, um, you know, like celebrated so much. And in the circles that you're in now, I'm sure that you see this is just like your world. And I also, Mm -hmm. this is the things that I'm like connected to now. But then when I speak to my friends from outside of the circle where I'm living now or I'm associated with, and I hear their experience, and, and it's so interesting. I recently spoke to a friend this week who said, um, yeah, my, my birth experience wasn't the best, but you know, I've heard of worse. And then she said, I'm, I'm reaching out because I wonder if you have any information on um, healing my pelvic floor. This is what she said to me. And I was like, mm-hmm. can you tell me, would you like to share your birth experience? And wow, like I cried and cried for the way that she was treated And that's what I was focusing on more. I was like, let's talk about this. Like, let me just hold space for you as you share this. And she was writing it down. So it's like, she's journaling. So also processing at the same time. And for me, it just made me realize how the care of our hearts, our souls is just, is pushed to the side. It's more about let's, the physical body is so important, obviously, and everything is connected. But when you're healing from a point that's not holistic, we miss so much. And I love seeing what you're doing with these mothers. And I love seeing the the community that you've created. I just, I think it's it's so beautiful and it makes me want to cry because there's a part of me that knows, you know, deep down, this is how it should be. This is, this is the way. Yeah. And we're, and we're remembering, you know, that's what we're doing at this time remembering that oh yeah this is how it should be you know we should be honoring and revering mothers you know because they are so important to our right. of how it flows you know um our yeah existence. so yeah <laughs> just remembering like centering the mothers um yeah the care and mm-hmm. and it's and it's a rite of passage and a true rite of passage is not complete until there is a witnessing from one's community, mm, you know, um, yeah. that's, that's the part where, where we're missing because, um, and I experienced this in my postpartum as well. Like I felt like I went through this powerful, you know, change. I'm no, I'm definitely like, there was the death of my maiden self and yeah. I was this new woman, but no one around me was like, or what I, this is what I experienced. Like it, they, 
they didn't look at me like I was a different. It was just like I was the same old person, but with yes. a baby. Yes. And it's like people yes. don't understand. I'm a completely different person. Uh -huh. And so this ceremony, this this closing of the bones can bring that witnessing and that honoring to the mother and be like, I see you. I see that you are going through this, you know, threshold mm -hmm. that you're no longer this woman and you're now becoming this whole other person. And so when there's a witnessing mm. of, of a mother's rite of passage of her, you know, transformation, even if it's not fully complete yet, still bringing that, you know, witnessing in that moment is so powerful. Oh yeah. Um, I'm really yeah. glad that you said that because I think that's one of the things I'm noticing a lot is uh, the mother being in limbo. And I also experienced it myself because I didn't have my family around. I gave birth in a country that I, I didn't know. And so mm -hmm. to everyone else, they saw me as a mother. That's all they knew. They didn't know me before. But when my mother came to visit after one year, there was mm -hmm. such a disconnect because she didn't recognize me and she didn't know how to look at me and my new role because she just came to visit and also for herself she hadn't fully transitioned into her new role as this yes. new human's grandmother and so it was mm -hmm. so disconnected and my energy was low at the time and it's only now that I'm really putting the pieces together and I'm able to speak to her and say I was still like going through transit I still am going through transition you know like I'm doing this in a way that's very disconnected from um a say a, a community you know, like mm -hmm. I do have a community, but not in the sense, not in the way that we're talking about the ones, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's very different. And I, it gets me emotional, but I also know the path that I'm taking is the right one for our family right now. So anyone's listening is like, I don't have this community. I don't have that. There is so many ways to nourish yourself. And ideally we would want to have the community around. And I think just by calling in that things will come into your life that you didn't even plan on uh, connecting with. That's what happened to me is like, I just sat there. I came home to myself. I was like, okay, well, this is it. I'm going to do this work. I'm going to go inwards. I'm going to see myself. I'm going to love myself and be there for everything that arises. And it was if, as if by magic, new people came into my life who were mm -hmm. resonating with me. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think we have to take, you know, because of how our society and culture is right now, we have to kind of take our own healing journeys and, um, you know, yeah, how we want to be supported into our own hands. And that's why, that's why I do when I do work with women prenatally, yeah. you know, telling them the importance of the postpartum time before you get there, you know, preparing it, educating your family members and your partners and whoever's going to tend to you during that time. So they really understand mm. what is, you know, before you get there. Yes, um, yeah. I mean, of course, of course, we would love, you know, people to around us and our, to know right away what we need. You know, we want it to be like, I don't want to have to like prepare for my postpartum and tell everyone what to do. I just want them to know, but it's unfortunately <laughs> not the way things are at the moment that so we have to take how we want our postpartum to be into our own hands. Um, and then through that, you know, our children will see that. And then hopefully when they're giving babies, like having babies, they don't have to like do it this way. They'll already be, you know, ingrained and the shifts will happen further down the line. But right now in, in our times, we have to like, you know, yeah, do we're it ourselves. The work. We're doing the yeah, work. We oh yes and it's going to be worth it I mean I can feel it you know I can feel it and I can see it around me so anyone who's listening to this who feels the loneliness or feels the heaviness of this you're doing incredible you really really are so thank you for doing the work um I just wanted to go back a little bit to the closing of the bone ceremony just because if a mother is thinking of having this um, ceremony, but doesn't really know what it is. And I know you explained it, but how, what would it look like? And I know this is going to be different for everyone because I've heard some kind of horrific stories. Um, so and maybe I'll just say now, because it's kind of interesting. My friend had um, cousin of the bone ceremony in Peru and they wrapped her so tightly that she felt like she couldn't breathe. And they made this mixture where everyone urinated into it so this is part of their tradition and she kind of went along with it she was still very vulnerable and didn't really want to say no and this came up for her through the process of um the ceremony is I need to own my my um no like I need to be able to say no 
and that's okay. But then she was left in the room as well. They said, we're going to leave you and we'll come back in two hours. They went, went for lunch and came back. And she was traumatized by it, but it took her on a journey to doing this practice her own way and sharing this with mothers in her community. Mm. So I don't know if you've heard of stories like this, but... Um... No. <laughs> that is intense. And so, yeah, not... No, no, no. Like, I mean, maybe that's how they do it traditionally in Peru, but that is not how I've even heard of it. So that I'm so you're not sorry. You're on people, no? <laughs> yeah no um yeah that's that's not the the feeling at all you know I it's really about the mother feeling like it should feel like a giant cozy hug you know it mm. should feel her, she's being held and um and yeah like the way I'll do it is I'll have I usually use multiple rebozos um so about mm -hmm. seven and I lay them out and um you know, she, I'll cover her eyes with one, but it's not like a tight, you know, it's a very like soft, just like um, eye cover. And then I'll go down her, I'll start with her shoulders. And I tell the mothers before I even begin, um, you know, if any, if the, if the pressure is too tight, just raise a hand, you know, she doesn't have to say anything, but just so she has that option if it is too much or whatever, because everybody's body's different. Mm -hmm. um, and everybody has you know, different things they're recovering from, from, from their birth, you know, just that she has the option to raise a hand if it's too much. Um, and yeah, so I'll go, I'll start on the shoulders and then I do the breasts um, and then the belly and the belly usually um, like some emotion might come up for women. Cause you know, that's our wombs. That's where our babies right. lived. So like having that hugged and held can bring up emotion. And so I, you know, I tell, I also will tell women before we begin, you know, emotions might come up and that's fine. That's okay. It's all part of it. And also not to try to make a story about it. Like, oh, this mm. must have mean, no, just allow it. Just everything that happens and how it unfolds is perfect. Um, this is just your ceremony and whatever it happens at this time, it's what's meant to be, but don't try to relate it to like, oh, I must've cried at this point because in my birth, that means this happened, you know, it's, yes. it's just right here, right now. And let and let her truly just be held in this moment. And then I'll do the hips and the hips are usually where mothers really like it tight um, because we're, that's where we're really wide open. So you can do a really tight pull um, and you might think it's too much, but usually the mothers are like, oh my God, every time they're like, oh, the, the hips felt so good, you know? Keep going. Um, yeah. Uh, and then, um, and then you'll go down to the thighs, knees, um, calves and then the feet I'll kind of wrap them up and like give the mother a little tug and kind of settle her all down and then when she's all fully wrapped up um, I place a hand on her heart and her womb and if I know if I have knowledge of her like birth experience or if we had that you know discussion beforehand of things she wants to integrate that's the time where I'll I might say some word medicine to kind of you know help her integrate all that um, and then I'll like, you know, light some smoke medicine or sing a song mm -hmm. it really is so individual depending on the mother and who, how she wants her ceremony to be. Um, but I'll kind of feel into it. And then once I unravel her and unwrap like that, I do so slowly because it's, that is her crossing the threshold during mm -hmm. that, that moment. It's the unraveling, it's the, bl the blossoming. So I, I unwrap um, each rebozo so slowly and tenderly and, um, you know, allow her to take her time because mm. she's like stepping into her mother body, you know, mm. and uh, yeah, just with so much ease and love. And, and it's always that moment when I do take off, like it off of her um, eyes and you can just see like the, mm. the like peace and the calm and the like, just like, Ooh, there mm. she is. Through, you know uh, they're yes yeah it's powerful and so beautiful and I just love that like seeing the woman just just fully accepting you know it's just it's really powerful moment so beautiful yeah. it does something just imagining that happening to me when I'm just hearing mm -hmm. you it's like you're telling a story and my body can almost feel it and so mm -hmm. many mothers are rushed in that last uh 
and transition and just being with the baby there's so much rush and I I love how you emphasize the slowing down and unraveling it feels yeah. so perfect yeah and that's and it should be it should be that that slowing gentle mm. you know calm energy because also I think that's a, like a lesson over and over again of, of birth yeah. and motherhood like surrender so, yes so, <laughs> especially like busy busy world you oh have to just I was like just to slow down and be present and and also to you know like we can get like all frazzled with whatever's going on with our children and just be like you know just trying to come back to presence and be like it's just this moment right here right mm. now it's okay don't think about what does this mean you know yes, this, yeah. uh, we can really spin out and so that's, oh, that's why so I really true. Like, yes yeah, ceremony <laughs> ritual just in everyday life and finding those moments where we can bring that like presence mm. and stay back to our just daily lives that's um, such a good point because even now we can see it might be a luxury that we you know we can be at home we can be with our family can work online say but it never ends when you work online it's like continuously you know feeding the mind to have ideas to them feed out into the world and I think now is the time um, to really practice in, to practice that anchoring in and being in this moment and seeing that thoughts will come, that these ideas will come. And even the processing of things that's happened, like you mentioned, when something comes, you don't have to attach it to something. You can just observe it and trust that whatever is needed to happen, to heal, will happen in its own way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just to allow, you know, allow and surrender is like a big, lesson that I've come up over and over again with mothering um that was my lesson yeah. that I came from from my birth I was speaking to Jane Hardwick Collins and she asked me what was the mm -hmm. lesson that you learned from uh your birth and it was surrender and what didn't mm -hmm. I have was um community uh wise yeah. women around so it was it's very interesting to ask that question because it's yeah. always teaching us something my, my little girl's here she's so happy to see me she's like booby yeah. <laughs> um, I did, did want to touch back on when you were mentioning mentioning when your mother came to you and you know that yes. um relationship change because yeah that's also something that a lot of not a lot of people talk about that not only do we change you know we become mothers but every really relationship in our lives is now changed and affected by the birth of the baby and the birth of the mother. You know, right. our our husbands become fathers, our parents become grandparents, and our friends. You know, it it's it like the whole circle of people are affected. And yeah, it's interesting that that yeah, our our parents, like our mothers, we're no longer um, you know we're not just their children. You know, we have our own children now, and it was. Yeah, kind of interesting to think about, like, there is yes. some, like, weird um, challenge or issue about, you know, our mothers having to be like, oh, that's not my baby anymore. That's my my daughter, who's also a mother now, and, and I'm a grandmother. Right. And, yeah, I hadn't even thought about this until I experienced it. And I brought it up with friends, and they're like, this makes sense. You know, they also haven't been able to transition. Mm-hmm. Because back in the day, <laughs> we would have had our mothers around and our families around watching us go through this rite of passage and being able to transition themselves. But now with this lack of community, it's, yep. it's so different. And yeah. I, I would love to, I think in myself, I would love to explore that more because of course it's so important for us to um, hold the mothers, nourish them, support them in the transition. And to do that, they need their family and community holding mm -hmm. them. So it's like yeah. how to encompass all of that. Yeah. And how, how beautiful would it be to have like a full family, like rite of passage ceremony that includes, yeah. Like, it would be so beautiful. I, do you yeah. have families come to the closing of the bone ceremony or is it just you and I a mother? It's mainly been me and a mother or um, I've had, I've done a, like a women's circle, like a group oh, women's nice. circle. And that's, 
yeah so like they the mother at least has her sisters around her you know so that's been really beautiful and powerful but yeah I've, I've yet to do it where like it's involved the partner or like mm. yeah grandmother stuff but I always I always offer it like do you want your partner involved and um, it, nobody has said yes to that yet but um mm. but how beautiful would it be because the closing of the bones can be done with just one person doing it or with two people. And so mm. one person is pulling the fabric one way and the other person. So it's like these opposing forces, but I think it would be beautiful. Like if I was on one end and the partner was on, so it's like, he's oh, part of the, yes. yeah, that That's so, gives me goosebumps actually. His wife and the mother of his baby become, you know, oh, like, yeah, just yes. looking, especially if the partner was at the birth, you know, like mm. really there he went through it as well. I mean, and so it's, he has a, he has a rite of passage, you know, yes, just totally. Yeah. My, my partner was there. Well, we were going to do the home birth and then we got, um, we went to the hospital and we were in a little clinic and actually it was, it, it was a good thing that we went to the emergency clinic cause he could be there. Cause if we were in hospital, he was, he wouldn't have been allowed in. So he, he was yeah. actually there at the birth, but then we got um, separated for a day. He couldn't come to the hospital. And so he's just sat in this like Airbnb room in Costa Rica, really just like, what What the hell just happened? You know, yeah. <laughs> what just happened to me? And then, um, yeah, like he has that processing to do to see what he saw and to, mm -hmm. to have that experience of being completely out of control, you know, like not being able yeah. to do anything. And so we, we talked about this a lot and, there's still so many things I'd like to explore with him to to support his transition as well, and I think it's just taking it slow, you know, because he's he still now he he'll talk about it, but I want to go deep, you know. I'm like, come on, let's just go and do some ceremonies together. <laughs> but yeah. it's it really does. It's everyone's own timing, right? For sure, and yeah, and because I mean, it's completely different for the men, you know. They, we, you know, it's our bodies. We're going through it, but they're also seeing their their women like you know go through like a, an initiation you know especially like you know for like getting really loud it looks painful or whatever and they can't really do anything and so I could imagine for them it's like that's intense to feel yes. a little helpless you know and then that early newborn phase where like babies all they really need is mama you yes. know and so that that like they want to help but they feel helpless and um you know so and they don't really have the support either you know who can they go to to talk about like you know what it's like to be a father and feeling like right. you know do you have any um resources for that by any chance because I am finding it difficult to find um I say conscious father in groups <laughs> but things like we have we have so much uh, accessible to us as mothers but I wonder mm -hmm. if you have any links to any daddy stuff. Yeah, it's really, it's really hard to find. I, I mean, we haven't found it. Like I, I'm telling to my husband, like we, we actually just um, bought land out in North Carolina and we want to do like have a place to have retreats and ceremonies and stuff. And I'm like, well, you have to lead circles for men because there's no, like we, they right. need it. You know? um, totally. Yeah. It's, it's a very needed thing. And as much as like, we're struggling with like meeting community in our village, they are too. And it's yes. almost like even hard for them because yeah, I, I feel that there's not that much resources out for them, but it's also right. a chance for men. You know, I feel like women love to like sit in circle and talk and, and yeah. go deep. And I don't know, it might be different for, for men. Um, yeah, exactly. How does that look? Because mm -hmm. I am, um like you just mentioned them seeing you seeing the mother just go through this transition I know Elon was all my partner was like traumatized almost because of mm -hmm. I was screaming a lot and I didn't honestly I didn't know what was happening myself until you know I've done I've spoke to so many people now and I understand what was happening I kind of understand I can put things you know intellectually okay this is what happened but there's that part you you give birth and then no one talks about the other side of what's happening, yeah. the emotions. Like I'm a type of person to push people away and to just like get in a cave. So if I mm -hmm. felt like I wasn't safe, there was this pushing away that was happening and he, he didn't know, like, what do I do in these moments? What is going on? And then yeah. all that comes up online is like, 
she probably has postpartum depression you know and that's it Mm -hmm. and then there's this label that goes on and it's like there's so much more to be explored with this if your husband's gonna do that then let us know (laughs) okay yeah it's all new like it's like this is what you know we're seeing what's needed and what we want and how how can we help you know what is needed in the world make shifts in the world yeah um yeah we'll support that (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much for for sitting Mm -hmm. with me and I would love for you just to take the time now to share with our listeners where they can find you and what your offerings are yeah um so you can find me on Instagram. Uh, it's Cosmic Mama Medicine, and my website is CosmicMamaMedicine.com. And yeah, what I'm, I I do uh, pregnancy, birth, and postpartum uh, care in Western North Carolina. So that's where I am locally. Any women um, are looking for, you know, support there. That's where I live. And um, and yeah, the the rite of passage ceremonies are like my my heart's work right now and that's really the the work I love to attend to and um I'm working on a uh you know some offerings that are finally birthing out of me now that I have like some space where my (laughs) my son is old enough now where I'm not like attached to him um so yeah be some offerings online coming soon and I'm really excited um about those but so stay tuned for those I you can join my newsletter uh, on my website and then that's where you'll be the first to know um but yeah what's going on going on (laughs) I'll put your information in the show notes as well and I just want to say thank you for sharing um the medicine songs so I have them downloaded and I I've been taking one a month to sit with and integrate and it's been so beautiful so I play them in the women's circles I have here so I do a full moon circle and Mm. I'm now on the third one so I I love it I love it so much Uh, thank you yeah the way that you anybody signs up for my newsletter they you get the um the medicine song sent to you as well so yeah if anyone's interested in songs for their circles yeah I love singing it's so it's so deeply healing and um, powerful for women, I feel. So yeah, yes, check that I'm out. With you on that one. It's such a gift. Thank you. Yeah. All right, my love. Thank you so much for sitting with thank me. You for, for sitting with us. Yeah. Thank you so much.